Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight, another episode of Boxing News Today. And we are going to start off with, although we have uh, quite a few boxing reports and results, uh, what I wanted to do is just focus on a couple that were on opposite ends of the excitement spectrum. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Tim Tsayou, uh, the Australian who sent an anonymous warning to Jermel Charlo, flooring his latest challenger, Carlos Acampo, in just 77 seconds, uh, which should uh, set up that blockbuster fight um, anytime soon, I would hope. Anyway, the, the Australian wasted little time in his maiden world title defense, coming out swinging from the opening bell at the Gold Coast Convention and Exhibition Center down under. Tayu landed. 10 of 20 power punches, mostly to Ocampo's head, and knocked the Mexican down twice, first with a precise right hook, and again with a devastating left hook to leave referee Dan Rex Tapdazan no choice but to end the contest, giving Taizu the knockout. He said, I knew it'd be, I knew uh, he was going to be easier to hit, but I knew he's a warrior and can take their shots. I didn't think it would happen that early, in all honesty, said Sayu. You don't get paid overtime in this sport. As a little bit of a concluder, uh, earlier in the card, Australian Sam Goodman claimed the super bantamweight world title eliminator against American Rais Alim by split decision, improving to 15-0 and 0 in his career. Now let's move on to the what I was describing as the other end of the spectrum. Uh, down in New Orleans in America, it was in the performance Regis Progress wanted to put on in his hometown, but he was able to successfully defend his WBC junior welterweight title uh, recently this past weekend. Progress defeated Danielito Cirilla by split decision uh, at the Smoothie King Center. Progress won on two cards, 118-109-117-110, while one score could want Cirilla's way, 114-113. Progress is now at 29 and 1, 25 knockouts. I was honest about his performance, and he felt he could put on a better show for the local crowd. And I'll get into that in a second. Statistically speaking, he's, he said, uh, anyway, my performance was shit. I can admit to myself it wasn't a good performance. The last two days, I felt hometown jitters, the hometown fights, they're the worst. I felt it going into yesterday, into today. I got the job done, though. I kept the belt. I'm happy about that, but I'm definitely not happy about my performance. So remember, Zarilla took on uh, the fight with less than a month's notice as he was a late replacement for the undefeated Australian fighter, Liam Paro, who pulled out uh, of the bout with an injury. Uh, but with respect to that performance and with respect to uh, the scorecards, a brief look at the scorecards, just take a look. WBC lightweight champ Regis Rogaru Progra and Danielito Zarilla showed that judges um, uh, all... Uh, all, all, they all had progress winning handily after eight rounds. However, Metcalf gave the final four to Zarilla. Uh, the fight at the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans Louisiana, also broke a record, albeit a dubious one. Over 12 rounds, the bout produced just 84 landed punches, the fewest in a title fight in CompuBox's 38-year history. The previous record low of 91 was set in 2021, where well, that was uh, Rigondo uh, Casimero Barnburner. Both fights... Both fighters landed 42 punches. Progress threw uh, 497 total punches, while Zarilla threw 310. Both fighters landed 
four jabs. Progress connected on four of 371. That's 1.1%. Zerilla landed four of 144, 2.8%. For power punches, Progress landed 38 out of 126 for 30.2%, while Zorilla connected on 38 of 166 punches thrown for 22.9%. Quick little uh, sidebar onto the actual statistical count. Anyway, following the fight, Progress sat with matchroom boxing promoter Eddie Hearn, and as the two spoke with reporters about what options could be next at 140 pounds, Bill Haney, Devin Haney's father, who was in attendance on Saturday, uh, but Hearn said there are plenty of options for progress next fight, including um, Bill Haney's uh, son, Devin Haney. He mentioned Teofumo Lopez and Gervonta Davis, if he ever gets out of jail. Uh, great fights that could be made, so maybe Teo. Um, but again, he's already retired, so we don't know about that either. So uh, Hearn said, for me, it's up to Regis. Uh, I mean, I think the great thing about tonight is there's going to be a lot of people queuing up to fight him. I've not heard any of those big names mention Regis's name before tonight other than Devin, but now I think you're going to see people actually target Regis' progress that he might be beatable now. Hmm. So, which we know there's a completely different performance to come from Regis' progress in the future. I think the one thing that I'm happy about, and I believe Devin wants that fight. It was the first successful defense, as I said, of progress's career after winning the WBA title at 140 pounds from Kirill Rakal. In 2019, progress dropped uh, the belt in um, to emerge majority. Progress dropped the belt in 2019 uh, in a majority decision to Josh Taylor, and it remains his only loss of his career. And this time, although he defended his crown, so we'll look forward to seeing what happens with his career. Now, Eddie Hearn went on a bit of a rant uh, on Sky Sports, uh, talking saying. <laughs> I'm not going to quote here. He goes, uh, they're a car crash since he left for the zone. Let me briefly give you the update here. He goes, uh, for a long time, Eddie Hearn was the powerhouse behind Sky Sports boxing coverage over in the UK. His matchroom promotional, uh, promotional company had a long successful relationship with the broadcaster that saw them grow boxing to all new heights, as I said, across the pond in the United Kingdom. Back in June 2021, however, Hearn announced that he was leaving Sky along with his stable of fighters, and went to work with emerging international sports streaming service DAZN. It hasn't uh, been all plain sailing, uh, with some criticism regarding the introduction of pay-per-view model following previous claims that suggested there would be no such thing. However, Hearn has recently spoken out about the quality of Sky's offering since he left. Ben Shalom's boxer filled the void he left behind, but Hearn considers it to fall short of what he did with Matchroom. He said, you've seen things go downhill at Sky. We, the zone, had some ups and downs as well. Uh, but if you see what we're doing on, on what versus on Sky versus what you're seeing now, it's a car crash. That's the reality, he said. We were doing millions of buys a year in pay-per-view. They've only been able to do three pay-per-views uh, in two years. And one of them was our fight with Andy Joshua. So from a financial sense, it's been a disaster. Hearns references the career of boxers heavyweight Frazier Clark, who was recently pulled out of a fight with Hearns' Fabio Wardley and instead beat Mariash Walk on points at York Hall this past weekend, as an, that's two weekends ago, as an example of how and why Sky is falling behind. He said, 
That's a headline fight on Sky in front of 800 people. If I did that and put that show on, I'd be lynched. But it's great that they're trying because without the competition, it would be boring. Hearn admits that losing Conor Ben, Chris Eubank Jr. and Dillian White out of Wallen last year was challenging for DAZN, but that platform is now flying with new subscribers. And looking to up the ante are our friends over in Saudi Arabia. Saudi boxing boss to offer premium price for Anthony Joshua to fight Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury versus Alexander Yusuf screams a headline over in the sun or in the UK in an article written by Jack Fig. He says, uh, talks are progressing for Anthony Joshua to face Deontay Wilder in the Middle East in December. And they're not stopping there with Tyson Fury lined up for an undisputed title decider against Alexander Yusuf. Amir Abdullah, head of boxing for Skills Challenge International, warned they are fully financed to make the doubleheader a reality. He said, Tyson wants the fight, what I understand. I know what George Warren wants uh, and Frank Warren wants the fight at Queensbury as well. Yusick definitely wants the fight. AJ wants the fight. Eddie Hearn wants the fight. And Shelly Finkel wants the fight. Deontay wants the fight. I mean, there's nothing that should prevent this from happening, he said. And the offer that will be made from Skill Challenge will be very good. It won't be one that's going to go back and forth with. It's going to be a premium price, and we're going to offer it to these guys and pay them their market value. If not, maybe even a little bit more. We're going to put on great fights and a great event. If anything, the event says fight from happening is because certain individuals don't want the fight to happen. It won't be because the money isn't there. Now, speaking to Deontay Wilder, looks like uh, he's back in conversations or his team's back in conversations uh, with him facing Andy Ruiz Jr. in a WBC heavyweight title eliminator. Uh, this is according to fellows over at World Boxing News. They said despite the WBC ordering the fight after Wilder stopped Robert Hellenius in his WBC mandatory semifinal, the bronze bomber failed to follow through. Instead, Wilder opted to keep his options open, even as Ruiz played his part in securing a spot in the final by defeating Luis Ortiz. The WBC set up set up the four-strong tournament in the middle of 2022. The end goal was to sanction a mandatory for Wilder, Ruiz, Hellenius, and Ortiz. WBC officials confirmed the plan uh, before Fury even put his belt on the line in the UK last year, by the way. So, um, they said champion Tyson Fury will make a voluntary defense against Derek Dijord on December 3rd in London. Fury will have the option to fight a unification fight against Alexander Usyk for the Undisputed Championship. The winner will be committed to fight the WBC mandatory. Therefore, Andy Ruiz is to fight Deontay Wilder in a final eliminator for the mandatory position, they added. So, as frustrated boxing fans and media are now aware, the whole blueprint collapsed. None of the fighters could secure their negotiations. As we all know about the Fury and the Usyk stuff that happened, not to mention the skill challenge offering that I was talking about earlier, not to mention uh, Anthony Joshua's ongoing issues up and down. Anyway, um, Malik Scott said the the buzz uh, fight right now is Ruiz versus Wilder. It looks like that might be the route we end up going. Uh, Deontay is in a position where so many big fights are lined up that anything of, of any opponent can possibly change. Andy Ruiz is definitely one of the main options right now. We'll see where it lands. I'd like to see it at the Crypto Center, and I like Las Vegas. Um, 
news of Wilder versus Ruiz will please Al Heyman as his company, Premier Boxing Champions, will be favorites to promote the fight. Wilder and Ruiz worked with PBC before becoming free agents, making a TV deal easy to conclude for a Showtime pay-per-view. So there's a big possibility in the heavyweight division. Now, speaking uh, of good fights coming up, we're going to see Joshua Franco defending his WBA Super Flyweight title over in Tokyo, Japan, against Kazuto Aoka in a rematch of their last fight. No, there's no word yet, though, on which network the Franco-Aoka fight will be shown on. The last time they fought, it wasn't even televised in the United States. However, it makes sense to stage the rematch in Japan because it'll make more money over there than it would in the U.S. For Franco to fight at home in San Antonio, he would need to make a big offer to place the fight. And there's no uh, chance he would make the kind of money he's going to make in Japan. Franco's 18-1-3 and and with eight knockouts, and he fought a controversial 12-round draw against Ioka uh, on December 31st at Ota City General Gymnasium in Tokyo, Japan. Despite appearing to win by a wide score in the eyes of many people, the judges scored at 115-113 for Franco, and then 114-114, 114-114. The writer had this Franco winning at 10-2, the writer being Craig Daly over at thatboxingnews24.com. Uh, anyway, winning 10-2 as he overwhelmed the older 33-year-old Ioka with his work rate and combination punching. Interesting, the 33-year-old Ioka, who, by the way, is 29-2-1 with five knockouts, will be vacating his WBO 115-pound title rather than defending it against the mandatory Junto Nakatani, who uh, the WBO organization recently ordered him to face. It's a smart move by Ioka because the unbeaten 25-year-old Nakatini Nakatani, sorry, 24 and 0, wow, would likely beat him and probably everyone else at 115 for that matter. Ioka at least has a chance of beating a 27 year old Franco if the judges score the fight favorably as they did the last time they fought. Uh, the San Antonio, Texas native, by the way, is the older brother of 23 year old Jesse Bam Rodriguez, a popular former WBC Superfly champion as well. Before choosing to relinquish his WBO 115 title, uh, Ioka has defended his belt six times. Franco is an exciting combination puncher similar to WBA light heavyweight champ Dimitri Bivol. He, he puts his shots uh, together in three to five punch comp combinations to overwhelm his opponents, which Franco did against Ioka last December. Well, there you go, uh, boxing fans. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Carl, good to see you. Uh, <laughs> yes, the uh, St. George's flag is always flying in my house. Um, um, so, you, so here's a good comment for all the boxing fans out there with respect to the heavyweight division. As I've said often, I really like the chances of Jared Anderson. And uh, Carla made an excellent comment with respect to Andy Ruiz, saying he'd like to see the two go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. So um, that would be a good fight. Uh, but I don't believe um, uh, Jared Anderson is going to make in the boxing world unless he goes across the pond to face some of the big uh, British punchers that are over there right now in order to secure his top spot that he justly deserves as soon as uh, he can clear out that top five. Right on. So thanks for joining me here on Talk and Fight. Appreciate it very much. Good to see you again, Carl. Uh, enjoy your show as always. Yes, Carl, I agree with you. He needs to beat somebody of note, as do all boxers in all uh, divisions as they're moving up through the ranks, as Jared Anderson is. But believe me, he is big and he is brutal and he is the man to watch uh, uh, along the lines of as we watched Mike Tyson grow in his stature 
throughout the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Anyway, must go. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I join Mike Orr uh, for his show, Knuckle Up. Thank you very much.